think it's amazing just how much words can affect you in a song. And this song here has always been one of my favorites I've ever heard. And if you get a chance to watch the movie, the acting's not that great, but the story of how the love of God was written and how long it took for it to be written and how it's obvious that God helped him pin that song um, is phenomenal. Because when you hear the words of this song, we can't even fathom the love of God.
parchment made Were every star On earth a queen And every man A scribe by trade To write the law Of God above Would drain the
songs well, I am reaching over Jordan Take my hand, Lord, leave me home Yes, take my hand, Lord, leave me home young people and they're singing we praise the Lord for that and it's I heard another voice back there and turned around my wife made it in that's good I thank the Lord for that as well uh, Ashley must have got off early <laughs> so that's good we're going to go back to the Lord in prayer and ask God's blessing upon the speaker I do want you to be much in prayer for Brother Marks his family the new work, what they're involved in, he'll tell you something about that in just a little bit. But I do want you to pray for him and pray God would just bless and be an encouragement to him tonight. And I pray that we are an encouragement to him and his family. I pray that he'll be the same for us as we open up the Word of God. We're praying tonight that the Holy Spirit will give him free freedom of speech. That he'll have a special unction from on high. That's our prayer tonight. And I pray that God of heaven will reach down and fill this house with his presence. That every individual in this place may know that God is in this place. Brother Stephen Newell, would you take us forth on grace, please? Todd Marks, you come present your work and preach what the Lord's laid on your heart, brother. Good evening. Good evening. Someone's awake. <laughs> I tell you what, if you're not revived after listening to that music, I, I was thinking we could just have prayer and go home. That was great. Praise the Lord for it. Um, it is an honor, it is a privilege to be here tonight. Um, your pastor has been on me to get out here for quite a while, and uh, I'm, I'm honored, I'm privileged to meet every one of you and to be with you tonight. Um, I, uh, I don't want to be long in my introduction of myself. Uh, my name is Todd Marks. Uh, I, I also go by Jeremy. My, my middle name is Jeremy, and um, in, our, in Peru... Uh, we were, I lived in Peru for 20 years. We were able to start two churches down in Peru. Uh, everyone calls me Pastor Jeremy or Pastor Jeremy. Uh, and so after 20 years of being called that, I come home to the States and people start calling me by my first name. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> but I praise the Lord. Uh, we were able to serve down in Peru. Um, I was trained under uh, several great men of God and uh, down in Peru, a missionary by the name of Paul Mulling 
uh, trained me in, in my Bible studies and, and praise the Lord was able to finish seminary down in Peru. Uh, came home. Uh, I was single. I needed a wife. I grabbed the white pages, looked up a number, called it, said, will you marry me? She said, sure. Who is this? And uh, praise the Lord, I got a wife. Uh, it didn't work that easy, but almost. Um, I praise the Lord for my wife, Rosalinda. Her parents were missionaries to Mexico um, for about 30 years. Uh, and um, my mother-in-law is with us tonight. Uh, she is uh, the widow of James Hammett. And we praise the Lord that she's with us tonight. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that my whole family is with me. A friend of mine called me today and said, you took the whole family this time? And I really do try to take my family everywhere I go, if I can. Uh, and so, um, if can I, can I make them stand up real quick? Yeah, if my wife and kids would stand up real quick. My wife, Rosalinda, my daughter, Amadea, and my son, Takoda. Uh, and I'm glad to have them here with me tonight. Um, she is uh, the best wife I could have ever asked for. Uh, Lord has blessed me beyond belief, and last month we were able to celebrate 20 years of marriage, uh, which is pretty exciting for us, um, and I pray that if the Lord allows us to live that long, we'll have another 20 years uh, of marriage to go. So uh, it's been great. Uh, we, we served in Peru. We were able to establish the Family Baptist Church and the Encounter Baptist Church down in the city of Arequipa, Peru. Um, during pandemic, we came home uh, about six months into pandemic uh, because we were under martial law. We weren't allowed to leave the home hardly at all. Our children never left the home. Uh, and uh, we had tanks running up and down the streets and police checkpoints and uh, all the things that some people think they want here in the States. We had it. And let me tell you, you don't want it. Um, socialism is crazy. It's just... Uh, really the baby step of communism. Uh, but uh, praise the Lord, we were able to come home. Uh, because of COVID, our church was shut down um, physically uh, for about a year and a half. Uh, and so we came home uh, during the first half year. I was up on my, mount, on my rooftop and I was recording sermons uh, so that we could put it online and our people could hear uh, the word of God. And so we would meet virtually. Uh, we'd have prayer meetings over Zoom, and uh, we did everything that we could. Uh, but I figured if, if we're going to do this, uh, we could do this from the States. We had already been scheduled to come home on furlough, so we, uh, our furlough got knocked back about six months. We finally got to come home, uh, and that's exactly what I did. I still preach to the people in Peru, uh, not necessarily from rooftops, because your rooftops aren't flat. Uh, so that's a little more difficult, but uh, we're able to record sermons and um, have services improve uh, digitally. Uh, let me tell you, that was a blessing. Some people say, well, that's, that's terrible. It was terrible not to be together, but it was a blessing that people had nothing else uh, to do but to get on Facebook or YouTube. And uh, we, uh, we paid for a little bit of advertisement throughout that time. And we would have as many as 30,000 hits on a sermon. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, to be able to reach people throughout the entire nation of Peru was pretty neat. Uh, during that time, I also traveled. I was preaching uh, in churches here back in the States. Those that were still open or weren't afraid of having a guest speaker. They thought, you know, we come from Peru. We probably brought, brought the Peruvian coronavirus. Um, but uh, we praise the Lord. I was able to travel and preach. 
And so what I was doing was double duty. I was preaching for the people in Peru, and I was preaching to people here in the States. Uh, finally, after about a year and a half, we were able to go home, uh, and we were able to open services back up. Uh, we had flown down to Peru 10 days into our trip. Uh, I got a call that my dad was sick, and he was going to the hospital, and uh, about eight days later, uh, my dad passed away. Um, couldn't come home right away because we still had things to do in Peru. Uh, we uh, came home about two months later, and uh, I was able to preach my dad's funeral uh, two months later. Uh, it was in that time the Lord just kept showing us that the door to go back to Peru was closed for now. And uh, let me tell you, that is a hard transition to live in South America for 20 years and then come home. Uh, to be honest, this doesn't feel like home. Down there feels like home. My wife and, and I were talking the other night and I said, it doesn't matter how much furniture we buy or uh, how well we get settled in, it just doesn't feel like home. But we know that the Lord has a greater purpose for us to be here right now in the United States. Something I heard as a, as a kid uh, growing up, I grew up in church, and I praise the Lord for that. He saved me at the age of eight years old, and, and he called me to preach at the age of 16, 17. I surrendered to go to the mission field. At the age of 19, I moved down to the mission field. But as I was a, as a kid growing up, I'd hear preachers say that one day we'd need missionaries to come to the United States. I never thought that I would be the mission, one of the missionaries sent home to the United States to preach the gospel. Matter of fact, within the last seven to eight years, I've had over uh, five or six churches call me to ask me if I'd consider pastoring. And I said it, it was sad that they would call a missionary to come back and, and be a pastor because they couldn't find pastors here in the United States. Well... The Lord knows that our community, Spanish-speaking community, is growing in the United States faster than ever. And I'll tell you something, I, I'm, I believe in laws, I believe we should follow the laws, and I'm, I think our situation with immigrancy is crazy. But let me tell you something, people are immigrating, and they need to hear the gospel. You see, the, the gospel supersedes all things. The, go the go gospel supersedes all governments. The gospel supersedes all men. The gospel is the greatest message that can ever be spoken of, preached about, or shared with an individual. Amen. doesn't matter about their race. doesn't matter about their color. doesn't matter about their uh, immigrancy status. Let me tell you something. People need the Lord. Of course, I always share with people, if you were on the other side of that fence, wouldn't you want to come to this side of that fence? And if someone stood there and just said, come on in, wouldn't you walk in? And let me tell you something. The Lord has a great mission field here. And it's not just with the Spanish speakers, but it is with our fellow English-speaking Americans. The mission field has become great and there is a great need. Praise the Lord, we get to fulfill part of that need and preach the gospel to the Spanish speakers and to English speakers. Praise the Lord that um, we can speak both languages and we can understand both cultures. But I'll tell you this, 
I'm trying to learn what this culture is in Kentucky. <laughs> um, there are so many different cultures just in this one state. I mean, we're out in Lexington area. We're in the city of Versailles, and, and people talk about eastern Kentucky. That's y'all. And I grew up in Detroit, and I've learned to say y'all. <laughs> uh, and they talk about the mountain people in eastern Kentucky. So I guess that's y'all. <laughs> and then there's western Kentucky, and they don't really know who they are. They think they're from Tennessee, I think. Um, and then we have the people in central Kentucky, and they're confused. They root for this team called Wildcats. But uh, we're learning. We're learning. One of the greatest things the Lord has done is opened an opportunity for us to preach to the Spanish-speaking people of central Kentucky. Of all places, we never thought we'd end up in Kentucky. We had been to Florida, and we spent a great amount of time in Florida. And as you know, uh, in Florida, there's a lot of Spanish speakers. We spent time in southern Texas. That's where my mother-in-law lives, so I knew the Lord wouldn't call me there. Just kidding. I thought we might go to southern Texas. There's over three million Spanish speakers there. Then we journeyed to, to California, in northern California. And of course, as you know, if you live in California, if you are a white English American speaker, uh, you're in the minority. It's mostly Hispanic in California. And I thought maybe that's where the Lord was really calling us. But in the end, at the end of the day, the Lord called us to central Kentucky, to Lexington area, where there's about, that we know of, 30,000 Spanish-speaking people. And we're excited that we get to start a new church in central Kentucky. We open the doors of La Iglesia Bautista del Encuentro, which is translated the Encounter Baptist Church of Versailles, just last week. We had our first services. There was eight of us in attendance, our first service, and yesterday we had our second service, and there was 15 of us in attendance. Amen. We praise the Lord how the Lord is already working in central Kentucky and how he's using us. A uh, pastor called me from down in Florida, and he said, would you consider praying about coming down here after you have that work going? And it's, a, it's kind of crazy to think about starting to pray about a second work when we haven't even just barely got the first one off the ground. But it's exciting to know that there is a need and the Lord is going to use us. Amen. If you would, pray for us. Uh, pray for our family. We are adjusting. Everything is an adjustment. I, 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 and you all can laugh at this. I, I bought my first lawnmower this summer. First time I've ever had... To buy a lawnmower. First time in 20 some years that I've actually even had a lawn. We lived in a city of 2.1 million people. We didn't have lawns. The food is very different. We eat different in Peru. So the food is different. The culture is different. The driving is different. I thought it was bad living in South America. Well, one thing I learned up here is nobody looks out their windshield as they drive. They all look down at their phones. <laughs> I rode motorcycle down in Peru, and, and now I feel like it's safer to ride a motorcycle down there than it is up here. Pray for us as we adjust. Pray for us as we reach the people. 
we're excited. You say, well, have you had any pushback? Yeah, we've had pushback. We've had people tell us we shouldn't preach in Spanish. Tell us that we're aiding the illegals. Well, I'll tell you what, if I'm aiding them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then so be it. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this, and, and I share this with a lot of people. If you didn't have Christ in your life, would you ever want to do what was right? No, you wouldn't. And yet we expect people to do what's right without Christ. Let's share the gospel first. And on that note, thinking about our situation here in the United States, one thing that I've been blessed to do is been able to travel. And I get to see the condition of our churches. As I was looking up here on the platform, uh, something caught my attention. And it wasn't the church covenant. Although that seemed very interesting because I said I'd never seen that kind of writing before. (laughs) But it was the trail of blood that's hanging there. And as I was sitting there and I was listening to the songs being sung and, and as we were praising and worshiping our God with our voices, I kept focusing again on that trail of blood. See, I'd just recently finished teaching online a Spanish-speaking group in California, and I taught the entire Trail of Blood. But the thought that kept running through my mind as we were worshiping and praising was the people that those dots represent on that Trail of Blood. You see, the thought was not a joyful thought that I had in my mind because my honest thought that was running through my my mind was, oh, how they would be embarrassed and ashamed of what we've done with our churches today. How they would look at us and say, did we die in vain? Why did we give our lives? You see, as I travel through the United States, one of the things that I notice about uh, our churches is that we are dying and disappearing. We've given up. And, and, and let me tell you something. We can be present and yet give up. <laughs> I was sharing with your pastor um, I've been on a journey of, of trying to lose weight. And you all know that that's, that's kind of hard. Uh, the older you get, the harder it is. And you say, Brother Todd, you're not that old. Uh, well, I'm, I'm well past mid, middle age. I can't believe I said that, but uh, I don't think I'll double this age. <laughs> and uh, as you know, we all get, have good intent sometimes to, to watch our weight and lose weight. And uh, you know we probably can gain it two times faster than we can lose it. Uh, but I've been on this journey, and, and, and I was sharing how it began. I, I was out preaching, uh, I was teaching vacation Bible school out in California, and uh, I was teaching the adult class, and, and after a, the vacation Bible school, they did a, a video of, of a recap of all the events of vacation Bible school. 
And I was sitting in a pew over here and, and they were filming someone else. But I, I happened to be in just the side view uh, of that video. And I looked at myself and I was embarrassed. And I said to myself, what's wrong with you? You've given up. I was present, but I'd given up. So that motivated me to change, and um, I've, I've lost some, some weight. And and pastor said, well, I couldn't tell you. you, you I don't know where you've lost the weight. And I, I felt like a failure for a second. <laughs> But, but, you know, brother, when I, when I was able to pull my jacket out and, and have all this room, I said, well, there's some progress. <laughs> Let me tell you, so often we, we find ourselves gathering in the house of God. So often we, we sing the songs, we hear the word of God being preached. But let me tell you something, we've given up. You see, uh, we, we, we're satisfied with the condition of our lives, of our hearts, and our churches. And let me tell you something, we are not called to be satisfied with mediocre Christianity. But we are. You say, Brother Todd, well, we're not like all other churches. Well, I hope that's true, but let me tell you something. We call out revival meetings because we need them. We don't have them just because it's a tradition, just because it's a custom. No, because we have been too satisfied with the condition of our spirit, that we have been too satisfied with the condition of our churches, even though we are present. Tonight I want to talk about the church a little bit. You see, our church... Our churches need change. Our churches need to look in the mirror. You see, we are quick to judge and we are quick to observe others. But we are slow to look in the mirror. And why are we so slow to do that observation is because we know that we will not like what we see. Have you ever cut yourself or or had a bruise on the face? Now, now men, we we don't have the advantage that women do. Women, they'll go look in the mirror and and what do they do? They, They grab a little bit of this and a little bit of that and they... They cover it up and no one will ever notice. One of the things I notice as I look in the mirror is things start to change a little bit. One of the things I notice is there starts to appear a little bit more wrinkles and there's a little bit more spots and and hair is starting to change color. It hasn't turned loose yet, but it's... It's starting to turn color, and, and there's, there's different things happening. And sometimes we don't like what's happening, but there's not much we can do, is there? Let me tell you, when we look in the mirror spiritually, we've given up, and we just say, well, that's just how it's going to be. 
We take for granted what God has given us, and that is a local body of believers. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we've taken it so much for granted that we don't even remember what we're a part of. As a matter of fact, uh, we now say, I'm going to church. If we listen to that statement, I'm going to church, and yes, I'm just as guilty of saying those, those very words, but I'm saying that I'm going to church, I mean, this is the church. Well, let me tell you something. This is not the church. This is the church. And it doesn't matter if we have gathered today or when we are at work tomorrow, if we have received Christ as our Savior and we have passed through the waters of baptism, we are part of this church. Yet we've taken it for granted. We've taken for granted how it works. Let me tell you something. Starting a new church uh, is, is, is not easy. <laughs> you see, we started out with nothing. <laughs> Someone the other day said, Brother Todd gets handed everything. <laughs> I wish they would have told me that. <laughs> when you walked through the doors, there were pews here, maybe. There was a piano here. Maybe there was an organ here already. There was people here. I told someone the other day, they said, what, what's that motel hanging on your walls? And I said, oh, we got sound panels. Helps absorb the echo. I said, but we're just really hoping to get the best sound panels you can get. They said, what, what kind is that? I said, they have two legs. They looked at me and said, I, I don't get it. I said, people! <laughs> we need people! We take for granted what we have. <coughs> So tonight I want us to re-examine what we have and how it's supposed to work. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you take your Bibles, we'll be reading out of there. And I don't generally preach very long, I don't generally read very long, but tonight I'm going to read very long and I'm going to try not to preach very long. Um, but no promises. I know every Baptist preacher says this won't be a long sermon, it ends up being the longest one they've ever preached. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we go to the Word of God, pay attention to each word that is read. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verse 12 through verse 31. For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body many being uh, being many one are one body so also is Christ for by one spirit we are we uh, are we all baptized in one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles whether we be bond or free and have all uh, been all made to drink into one spirit for the body is not one member but many if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore, therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if it, they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, 
I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be of less honor, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. And there should be, uh, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after the miracles, uh, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But cover earnestly covet the school excuse me covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show i unto you a more excellent way tonight i want us to look at just three simple things i won't be long uh, we've had a great service so far and i don't want to ruin it but i want us to see three very specific things about the body of christ the local church i want to see three things we are specially Designed. We are specially designed. We take for granted the special design that God has made. Now, I'm, I'm originally from Detroit. And, and I know I don't sound like that, right? Because I don't have an accent. You all have the accent, right? <laughs> no, I'm from Detroit. And you know what they make in Detroit? They make cars. I grew up with cars. Uh, everything has to do with cars, and I loved cars as a kid. I'd read magazines about cars. I could tell you uh, what car, unless it was a foreign car, I could tell you what car each one was that drove down the road, what kind of motor they had, how much horsepower. Um, I loved cars. I loved the design of cars. Oh, my, One of my favorite American cars is the Chevrolet Corvette. I mean, that, that is an awesome car. And I remember when they made them ugly. And I remember when they made them better again. Uh, I love Corvettes. They're really neat. I'll never have one except in a Hot Wheels, but I love them. <laughs> and I would love to look at the curves and the designs. And uh, they came out with the newest one. And I thought, man, that doesn't look like a Corvette, but it is sure cool. It looks like a Ferrari. Uh, I, I loved and I could appreciate the design. Well, you know what? There's always flaws in a design. When man has something to do with it. Yeah. And before you know it, the, the ones that would praise the design, then they would sue criticize the design because they were flaws. But let me tell you something. We serve a great God. He is a perfect God. And He perfectly designed His church. Amen. Amen. You see, in verse 12, the Word of God says, For as the body is one... 
and hath many members. Think about this. He took something that would be one, that would be a whole, but he gave it many parts to work in. Uh, he says here, he says, all the members of that one body being many are one body. It is the greatest thing to know that not one person makes up the entire church. You know, the greatest thing for us to remember is that we are not the church by ourselves. But sometimes we think we are. Oh, sometimes we think we know what's best for everybody. Sometimes, as a matter of fact, we think that God has messed up in His design. Why? Because we want to be the preacher. Now, we don't want the title. We don't want the pay, that's for sure. But we sure do want to make the decisions for Him, don't we? Everyone likes to be the preacher at some time. Everyone wants to be the pastor. Oh, we like to complain sometimes, but you know what the Lord says? He says, remember this. This body is not just you. It's made up of every member. We are specially designed. Amen. And you, you think about this for a moment. Every part of the body is important, is it not? I love how the Lord, He, he speaks to us and he, he uses terms that we would understand, correct? He uses uh, terms through His writers that we would understand. He says, hey look, this is how it works. It's just like the body that I designed. Every part is important, right? If you ever have lost a part of your body, then you would know how important it is. But you know what? A lot of times we don't realize how important and how especially designed it is until we lose that member. Yeah. Is that right? Problem is today that we could care less about all the members. We just care about some. No, he made us special. He had a specific design for us. He has a special design for us. Let me tell you something. This special design wasn't just thought of at the very last minute. You think about this. We serve a sovereign God, a God that would choose us before the foundation of the world. And let me tell you something. He already knew what he would do with those chosen people. That's right. He would call them out from among them. And he would set them apart and he would bring them together to be a local box. Right. That's special. Amen. You see, this is not man-made. Sure, it took a man being willing to be used of God to come and to start this work. But he didn't, he didn't start the work. He didn't make this work. No, the design Amen. comes from him. Right. And you know, sometimes we complain about it. Sometimes we say, well, I don't understand why we haven't had it this way. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we hear about, well, I don't understand why I can't be a deacon. <laughs> God designed it a specific way, didn't he? Right. <laughs> Just talking to some preachers uh, the other night, and I, I said, you know, some, some preachers shouldn't be preachers. And they looked at me. And I said, you know why? Because God designed the pastorship. He, he designed uh, a bishop 
very specifically, very specially, he said, look, this is how I want it. Not a novice, husband of one wife, has his house in order, oof, not a, not a brawler. Praise the Lord, he took that out of me. We are special. Yes, this place is special. But if this place burned down tomorrow, his church still exists. If the lights were shut off, the water stopped running, his church still exists. But let me tell you, it exists made up of many members. I want you to see also that it is specifically designed. Look at, look at verse 15 in our reading. It says, If the foot shall say, Because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Well, Pastor, you know what? You just take my name off the roll. I'm not part of the body anymore. Oh, can your foot tell you that? Hey, I just don't want to be part of it anymore. Look, look what the Word of God says. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Oh, the jealousy that we face in our churches sometimes. Well, that's not fair. I want to be the guy that gets up here and sing. I, I tell you what, I wish I could play guitar like these fellas play guitar. I wish I could sing like these fellas sing. We struggle with that in our churches. Why do we need revival? Why do we need to look in the mirror again? Because we've allowed some of those things to keep us from growing and changing and being more like Christ. He says, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? We can't all be the guitar players. We can't all be the Sunday school teachers. We can't all be the deacons. He says, no, no, look, I've designed you all special. Amen. And all with a specific purpose. But you know what I like about that? We all have a purpose. And you know what? I don't believe bench warming is one of them. You know, in Romans, the scripture talks about how beautiful are the what? How beautiful are the what? What? Say it again. How beautiful are the what? Feet. The feet. It didn't say rear end that sits on the pew, right? <laughs> How beautiful are the feet of them announce that preach the good news. Those. God has a purpose for each one of us. But it's not just to sit in a pew and say amen once in a while. It's not just to fill the attendance so we can look at the back board and say, wow, we had a better attendance last week. No, he specifically made us so that we would have a specific function in his house and with his people and out in this world. Amen. You know what? Our function does not stop right here. Right, right. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, it blows my mind to think that so many Christians today think that this is where the Christian service is. This is just a part of it. Right. This is just the smallest fraction of it. Uh, any of you live here in this building? That's what I thought. You live the greatest amount of your life outside of those doors. Right. 
And you have a specific function. The function doesn't end here. Yeah, we come in and we dress nice, we put on our jackets. I was going to say tie, but I, I hate ties. My wife likes to grab a hold of them. No, I can't, I can't even tell you. Uh, we think that this is it. I'll lift my voice and I'll sing and I'll praise God here. I love hearing my brother say he was singing in his truck all day. I do that sometimes. I got the windows up and, and I'm sitting there at a red light and I'm just singing away and I look at someone else and they're staring at me and they don't see an earpiece in the ear and they think I'm nuts. I am a little nuts about Jesus. <laughs> we don't we don't sing songs in our homes anymore. Me, me and my family, we love to sing. Uh, I'm, I'm no good. I'm probably the worst one in the group. But you know what? We, we, we turn on Christian music in the home, and we sing. And my daughter, she's good. at she's, She hears every word, and, and she knows every, every song. And, and I'll start singing it, and she'll go, Daddy, that's not the words. <laughs> Any of you ever suffer from that? Yeah. <laughs> We don't praise God in our homes anymore. He says, hey, the function specifically designed is not just in His house, but it's outside in your homes. Amen. Oh, you can be the greatest Sunday school teacher, but you're not willing to teach not one soul outside of these four doors. You've got a problem. He made us each to have a specific function. And, and let me tell you something. Some people say, oh, that preaching, that, that can't be that hard. Someone told me, they, they called me up and they said, what you doing? And, and I said, I'm working. They said, oh, you're a preacher. That's only three hours a week. He's given us all a function. He says here in, in, in verse 18, But now hath God set members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now they are many members, yet but one body. And I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the he head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary, and those members of the body which we think are less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. What's one of the most dishonorable or, or least honorable parts of our body? I, I think it's probably the feet, right? People don't like feet. If you ask someone to touch your foot, they go, like, I ain't touching your foot. Uh, you know, it's the, the little kids. I, I remember my, when my boy was little, you know, uh, sometimes little boys, their feet stink. You know, they run around in their tennis shoes and stuff. And, and my son, he was real flexible. He could lift his foot all the way up to his nose and smell his feet. And he said, Daddy, smell. No, thank you. No, thank you. You laugh about the feet. Girls are sitting there painting their nails. They put jewelry on their feet. They get, and us men, we put socks and shoes and do everything we can to cover them up. And you know what? One of the most important parts of our body are our feet. All the nerve ends end at our feet. One day I had the bright idea called this girl up. Uh, she, she said that she, she worked with feet. 
And she could help with any health problems. She came over to the house and I said, okay, well, go ahead and work on my feet. Let's see what you can do. She tortured me for 45 minutes. She said, she hit a part of my foot and said, she said, oh, it looks like you've had some knee problems. A little bit. And she moved around. She said, oh, okay, your kidneys look okay. And she said, oh, Oh, looks like you might have had some heart issues. <gasps> said, oh, you know, we can have several sessions and we'll help those organs work better. I said, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's next. <laughs> Sometimes the very person in this body we think is the least honorable. Maybe the very most important person that God has brought into this house and into this body. Right. We adore those least honorable members, yet in our churches today, we judge. We mistreat. Look at verse 24. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which... Lacked. He specifically designed every one of us. But I want you to see, and, and to me, this, this seems to be where we lack as churches today. He supportively designed us. I want you to see in verse 25, the word of God says that there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for Another. It doesn't say that the government should have care for these people. No, he says that the body, the members should care for each other. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. We are so guilty so many times when we see one of our brothers, one of our sisters, one of the members of the body, they are hurting, they are, they are in need, and we just go, I'll be praying for you. That's not enough. The Word of God says that we should have care for them. Yet we just say, I'll be praying for you. And let me tell you something. The worst thing in the world is we say that and we go home and we forget all about them until the next church service. Oh, yes, I'm guilty. I have done that. And I'm ashamed. Have you done the same thing? Oh, I'm too busy. I can't care for others. But then when the tables turn and you need care, oh, how you want to see your fellow church members care for you. Yeah. Word of God says that we should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. When's the last time that heart came to one of your members and your heart broke with that. This Sunday we had a lady come and, and uh, she, she came to our first service. She's there at second service. She's bringing people. She said, my daughter wants to be here. She's trying to get her, her work schedule changed because she wants to be here. And I said, I said, that's that's great. You know, I was I was all positive. <laughs> hey, that's 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 great. 
tears in her eyes. She said, you When they broke, when they cried, when they hurt, you hurt with them. Oh, not just saying I'll pray for you, but you suffer through it with them. We've given up on sympathy, we've given up on empathy, and we are cold. One member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. It doesn't say we get jealous. <coughs> it doesn't say, well, why is that fair? How come God blesses that person all the time? The Word of God says, God bless them, rejoice with them. Amen. When's the last time you rejoiced? I tell you what, that's probably the one thing we don't do in our churches anymore is rejoice. We don't get excited. I shared this with our home church, Faith Baptist Church in Versailles. Uh, I said, in Peru, when we baptize someone, I said, it's different than it is here. Let me tell you that. We baptize someone here, and everyone just goes, Amen. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You know what? In Peru, someone gets baptized, and everyone's like, Woo! Yeah! You guys yell more for them silly wildcats than you do for someone getting saved and following Jesus in baptism. Isn't that right? Oh, we can't do that. We're Baptists. I think sometimes we say that we're Baptists. It means we're dead and cold. <laughs> when the Lord honors someone, when He blesses someone, we rejoice. We get excited. He says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. He says, look, I've explained this whole thing. Paul, Paul says, look, it's all explained. It's you. And God had set some in the church first, apostles, secondary prophets, teachers. Uh, after that, miracles, gifts of healing, helps of governments, diversity of tongues. How many of y'all speak tongues? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. I come over here. I don't under, understand half the things you guys say. <laughs> no. You know what? Praise the Lord. I get to speak Spanish. That's an awesome tongue to speak. Most people don't get to speak that out in eastern Kentucky. I do. I was, I was in the back and, and I asked my wife. I said, ¿Ya has encontrado donde nosotros vamos a sentarnos? You guys have no clue what I just said. I said, so did you find us a seat? And she said, no. I said, anda, encuentro un espacio donde toda la gente se llena la iglesia. I said, go find us a seat before everyone fills up the church building. <laughs> yes, the Lord has given 
for some to be preachers and pastors and teachers, some to speak in tongues. That's great. That's awesome. Some to interpret. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. You know what the best gift is? It's the one the Lord gave you. And it's to be used for his glory as one body with many members. Say, well, I'm missing a toe. Go out and find that toe. You know, it's funny, we don't think about that, but the next door neighbor, the guy down the street, the guy on the other side of the holler, I don't know. He might be the toe the church is missing. And we're not going after him. Oh, maybe the toe is hurting. He's here, but he's hurting. Do you hurt with him? I was talking to brother, your pastor, and uh, he's, he's trying to become the bionic man. He said they're going to switch out body parts on him. I think that's pretty neat. I was just wondering if they're going to give his wife the remote control. She could make him walk how she wants. <laughs> you know what? God's made us very special. We don't think about the parts that are still missing, about going out and getting them. We don't think about the parts in here that need care. I hate to say this, but a lot of times it's all about number one. He specially designed us. He specifically designed us. And he supportively designed us to be one very special body in this world. Let's get excited about that. Pastor.